0: Friday everybody and welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana, follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana.
1: And I'm Dan Urban, you can follow me at TheDanUrban, I had to switch it up a little bit. You can also follow the podcast at Couchside Judges and you can subscribe to the show wherever you listen.
0: And if you like what you're hearing please give us a five-star review.
1: And as always we talk about MMA judging so you should read the criteria which you can find at abcboxing.com.
0: So, Dan, you took kind of the opposite approach to uh, what we saw in the movie, The Social Network, where instead of Facebook dropping the the to be cooler, you added the the and thus became lamer.
1: Well, here's to your the thing. Twitter handle. Well, I had to do something. I wanted to, to drop the MMA off it. So I just want to be me in case I want to talk about other things. If you on my Twitter, you know, I talk about baseball a lot. So you want to pigeonhole yourself. Someone already has Dan Urban. Yeah. And I was like, Should've okay, let me look at this account. They haven't tweeted in nine years. After a certain amount yeah. of inactivity, you should be booted. But uh, whatever. Why don't we talk about your? Why don't story?
0: you track down this Dan Urban and you could treat it like... you ever see the movie The One with Jet Li? Uh, Are you familiar possible.
1: with this movie? Possible. I'm i familiar with Jet Li. I, I've seen a couple of his movies. I, I, I don't okay.
0: know for sure. Okay, so this particular movie, uh, in this movie, Jet Li... Plays several different versions of himself in different alternate universes. And he there is one evil Jet Li who's going around to the other universes and killing the other Jet Li's because when more of them die, the others become stronger. He's aware of it. None of them else are. Uh, so he just, so wants, he just, just wants, wants to be strong. the last one standing uh, so that he becomes the most powerful thing. Yeah. yeah. That's so pretty awesome. That's how so I should I, be. Yeah. Where this play comes into play, you need to go and and please. Do not actually do this. I'm not condoning murder, but you should probably go around and, you know, kill this other Dan Urban and take his place.
1: Or maybe I'll just take their Twitter handles. Ooh, that's
0: not a bad idea. No murder on that one.
1: Yeah, I will just do that. I like it. <laughs> but
0: I like it. it's a little cleaner.
1: Why don't we talk about a uh, little recap? You were on a show that uh, this tonight, actually. So,
0: yeah, I was on uh, South China Morning Post's uh, MMA live chat. With John Hyun Ko, and uh, he also guested alongside me. Uh, the guest was Dan Tom from MMA Junkie, and I had a great time doing this. This was, uh, this was something I don't typically get
1: to do. Yeah, it was pretty awesome watching, and uh, you guys really had to talk on the fly. Yeah, you guys oh, knew absolutely. your stuff left and right. Now it's like, wow, there's a lot of stuff that you guys remember that I'm like, well, really? I, I did make sure I was a, a little bit up on at
0: least some of the topics that were gonna come up, but, and, and you know, we If you're on social media enough, when it comes to the MMA uh, beat, and you go to you know some of the you know the more MMA centric websites, you, you, you at least catch what's going on, what's what's part of the conversation and things like that. So uh, I tried to be extra sharp today. Uh, you know, well, yeah, you uh, on any a given day, sometimes I'm like, well, what happened? What's going on? But today I tried to be a little sharper.
1: Yeah, it was a great job. It was entertaining. I, I watched the whole thing and uh, yeah, I enjoyed it.
0: Well, thank you. Uh, you were a good friend for doing so. <laughs>
1: It did run a little long though. You just went into the one broadcast a little bit over. Well,
0: it was a ninety minute chat. It
1: starts at nine
0: and it runs through ten thirty. It's not our fault that one decided to do a ten PM show and then they did it in some sort of weird order where all of a sudden Eddie Alvarez was done fighting within like ten minutes and then uh I guess we're really we're gonna be talking about one championship right now, right? We're talking about one on TNT one. Yeah. Yeah. And then within forty minutes of the start, Mighty Mouse is out because of a legal knee to his grounded opponent, and they hadn't even gotten to the Muay Thai fight, which I thought was going to kick off the show.
1: Wait, so M- M- Mighty Mouse wasn't the main event? Evidently not. So wait, you're and
0: I didn't even get to watch the Muay Thai fight because after that fight, I went upstairs and and uh, I went to and my wife, who I hadn't really seen for several hours, and I was like, oh, let's go say hi.
1: Interesting. I didn't even know the Muay fight. Muay Thai fight didn't happen. I I saw the clock was ten forty seven. I said, wow, they ran real short. And I turned mm-hmm. the TV off.
0: Yeah, no, you missed up. So, Apparently, it was really good too. It seemed seemed like people were really enjoying it. Uh, you know, Muay Thai and four ounce gloves. Is, oh, I yeah, was I, mean, I was actually straight. very excited to watch, but I I mean I'll catch it sometime. Yeah, I'll, or I'll catch the replay uh... at some
1: point. I did see I did catch it, a highlight of uh, the fighter Rad Tong. Rad Tong, I think is his name.
0: I believe he's the isn't he the one who was in the Muay Thai fight? No? Right, that's what that, I'm saying. I I, yeah, I caught yeah.
1: a I caught a highlight of him, and he looks a very entertaining fighter. So. I probably will watch I mean,
0: Mu- that. Muay Thai itself. Like right. any Muay Thai fight is really fun to watch. Like, I think it's probably hard for uh, some American audiences to get behind and follow some of the fighters who have names they're not accustomed to pronouncing that are sometimes very long. Um, and I'm not saying that that's an OK thing, but I do think that that for some people, they look at that and they're like, pass. Uh, I don't care what your name is. If you're fun to to watch fight, I'll watch you.
1: Oh, definitely. Uh, for sure.
0: Yeah. But uh, but no, not not when I needed to go say hi to my wife and kind of see how she's going and
1: have, have a little hangout because
0: you know, we don't have too many nights where we could actually do anything together.
1: <laughs> Busy life,
0: it is, it is. Uh, well, but yeah, as far as these two fights though, the the MMA fights from the broadcast, uh, I would say it probably didn't go the ideal way for, uh, for making fight. an impression on American audiences. Right, they didn't get to really build their stars.
1: I think they needed to have more mma fights on the broadcast
0: yeah this is a little it was it was not enough first off you're right but i think especially you know when when the two fights that they had happened you know the two most recognizable names on the one roster are eddie alvarez who lost by disqualification because of punches to the back of the head and demetrius mighty mouse johnson who was challenging for the flyweight title and he gets like i said he he Took a knee, a legal knee on the ground and and uh, lost by knockout, which I don't think that's a bad thing for, for one, because it really establishes just how impressive Adriano Moraes is. But, you know, it, you never want to start off your night with a, a disqualification.
1: Right. That That's what I was getting to uh, when I was talking about how long your show was, because I had two TVs going. I had the fights yeah. one, but I only had the sound on yours. So Uh I couldn't hear what was going on with the disqualification. I didn't know if the DQ came from the punches before he was hurt or the punches after he was already hurt. The hammer fists. So I wasn't sure. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you
0: this. My TV was acting up so that once we were done recording and I turned off the show, I was trying to turn the sound on and I couldn't hear it. So Maybe there was no sound on the one on TNT broadcast, but I'm going to say no because no one complained. Just yeah, a theory. Probably not. Uh, Pro- probably not. <laughs> it's probably just <laughs> you and I. It likely is, actually.
1: So, by I, by the rules, uh, you punch someone in the back of the head, they can't continue, you get DQ'd. So, yeah. That's what it and, is. and that's unfortunate for that to be the first fight uh, America sees for one. But Mighty Mouse getting finished is something no one has ever seen. No. And to see that- and that as was totally first...
0: legit what happened there. There was, there Absolutely. was nothing uh, fishy, or not fishy, but uh, anything kind of, you know, t- was too early or anything like that. Now was legit, legit stoppage by Morice. That establishes him, I think, as a, a real force at
1: 125 on the world stage. Oh, for sure. I mean, finish Mighty Mouse. And does this make, does this put more eyes on maybe knees should be legal to down opponents? in america yeah
0: this was this was uh something that people were obviously talking about on social media right after and you know i i I don't think i ever sat there and like you know turned my nose up at it or or thought it was horrifying or anything like that i mean we we've now seen a a guy almost lose his entire finger in a fight so you know i think at this point i'm pretty desensitized to just about everything (laughs) uh other than you know traumatic brain injury that that's where you feel really bad but As far as the knees like here. Yeah, you can get traumatic brain injury from that. But you can also get it from a lightning quick, you know, front kick to the face. i Anderson Silva. So I don't know. I don't have an extreme problem with it personally, Um, especially, you know, I I don't think you'd want to do it in like the amateur level. I think at amateurs, they should still keep that out. Um, But it, it would be good. I think it would be okay to see you know when we're watching UFC events because then they don't play the game and all that and like I don't know I I, I wouldn't mind it but I believe it's Brad Wharton who's the the play-by-play guy for cage warriors brought up the fact that if for some reason uh like UFC or cage warriors started having fights that had these legal grounded knees that the media over there would just have like a field day with tearing into its place in in the culture and being able to have like such a barbaric sport there, so yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's a tough thing because there is the the public perception of it.
1: I'm a hundred percent for it. Yeah, it I, makes. Like I
0: said, i I'm kind of getting there too.
1: Someone has a great front headlock. That's it. That's game over. You're gonna get smashed. Yeah. Uh, and as you mentioned with the amateurs, at least in New Jersey, you can't throw elbows to the head. Uh, and you can't knee to the head or even kick to the head. So I, I think in certain states they'll be okay. Where they'll be like, okay, yeah, just sure. just don't need the guy in the head. Like you can't, yeah. Need I'm, him anyway. I'm less familiar so, with AMI rules, so yeah, I, I think the amateurs would be okay to not have to deal with that.
0: Yeah, but but I mean, you know, Wharton brings up a good point about the if, the, media, if the public yeah. perception is not going to be, and if and if it actually starts to affect their ability to do business and and oh, have yeah. the sport go on, that's where it's like, okay, this is actually it's a problem you might just have to live with. But um, yeah, it would be nice if we lived in that world, right?
1: Right so, but if one does well and they show they have great ratings that that could potentially be good for people who want the knees. I
0: don't know, I don't know if, if that's gonna make a difference. Can Wait. we just focus on getting twelve to six elbows legalized like that should be easy,
1: <laughs> yeah, like, and that's... John Jones loss overturned
0: actually, you know what I'd be okay with that <laughs>
1: <laughs> mad
0: although mad that and... loss that loss is representative of all of the self inflicted wounds of John Jones' yeah. professional life.
1: I guess you're right.
0: <laughs> so it, it kind of—it's almost fitting that he's got this thing. And, I, and I'm not trying to pick on John Jones, um, but he's put himself in that position, hasn't he?
1: He has, but still, fights fantastic. So yes, he does. I'm just gonna—I'm just gonna judge him on his fighting. And speaking of judging, great segue. We are going into a past judgment. Yes, and let me bring this up real quick because I, I thought we were yeah. gonna do a splitting headache for this fight originally. Yeah. Because there was there's one split round. But it turns out past judgment works much better.
0: Yes. And, and the fight that we have chosen is uh, Quentin Rampage Jackson against Leota Machida.
1: Yeah, this one was a long one ago. But you know what? You know what's funny about this? I remember the post fight interview a lot more than I remember the fight.
0: Interesting. We we can talk about that later, yeah. too. We'll talk about it after uh, we, we get into the fight itself. Um, but before we do that, Dan, why don't you and, and of course we chose this fight because Machida is in action on Friday uh, in Bellator. Uh, but before we do that, why don't you just go into how we do pass judgment as well?
1: Right. Our CSJ criteria, basically the same as the ABC criteria, which as we mentioned before available at abcboxing.com like certified judges, we score rounds based on the three D's damage dominance and duration, but we just made a few key changes. 10, nine round is a competitive round in which neither fighter checks one of the three D's by a large margin. A 10, eight can be considered for just one D, but should definitely be given when two D's are achieved. A 10-7 is available for checking off 2Ds, but must be given for all three. We've discarded tiebreakers for effective aggression and area control, as these are rarely used by judges anyway. The rare 10-10 would only be given in largely uneventful rounds. All this helps provide for more varied scores that should more accurately reflect what happened in a fight. All right, Scott, start by setting up Rampage vs. the Dragon.
0: Yeah, so this was uh, the headliner of UFC 123 at the Palace at Auburn Hills outside Detroit on November 20th, 2010, going back almost 11 years. Uh, and this was back too, when the headliner here was just a three round non title fight, yeah, uh, which was stupid, really we' glad we moved away from that yes rampage he came in, he was thirty and eight, he had just lost uh that disappointing uh but well promoted grudge match with Rashad Evans back in may, and i don't know if you remember much of that fight, but it just it, for as excited as people were, and this is one of the few fights that they had at that point that drew uh a million pay-per-view buys despite no title being on the line uh it was like just a forgettable fight it was, it was not very interesting
1: i remember rashad having a couple of those uh personal beef bouts that were kind of stinkers of fights
0: he you know he was it's funny i think for a lot of people now it's hard to imagine that rashad evans was actually quite a draw but a drag, rampage was the a side on this one as far as mm-hmm. public interest People were more interested in Rampage for that one. Uh, but he did lose. Um, although Rampage at this point, he's only 32. Uh, his only losses past 10 were to Evans and Forrest Griffin, who when he lost uh the light heavyweight title, and these were both decisions. So he's he's still very much in his prime at this point. Machita's also 32, and he had just dropped the light heavyweight title uh that he had previously won. Uh got his first loss here to go to sixteen and one. When Maurizio Shogun Hua won by first round KO, avenging that loss that he suffered to Machida by decision, uh, which we've already gone back on and said, you know what? That was probably not that probably should have gone Shogun's way.
1: Yeah, that was a good fight.
0: It was a good fight, but it, it should have gone Shogun's way. I think I think I've pretty settled much into that. It's not the worst decision out there. I think the I I, I think you can probably put this into the mix as one of the worst decisions out there. That <laughs> fight. Um uh, but you know we're we're not going to go dig deep into that one. Uh the judges for Jackson versus Machida are the late Jeff Blatnick, who of course was such a legend of wrestling and and was really a a really important figure in the growth of MMA in the early days. Uh he was the judge on this one along with Sal Damato and Nelson Hamilton. The referee was Herb Dean. So Herb? Dan, let's let's take it into round 1.
1: Yeah, round 1. This uh Decently close, I thought, but I thought Machida landed really good kicks to the leg and to the body, and those were the most effective strikes of the fight, of of the round, and they did a lot of cage, uh, clinching, which I thought, you know, the strikes there were kind of even, and I didn't really think Rampage did much to take it, so I went Machida 10-9.
0: You know, I I will say I thought that Rampage was probably more active in trying to land those clinch strikes, but they were just so insignificant, uh... (laughs) to To play off of these significant strikes, I guess uh, they just they didn't do a whole lot. They weren't really with any sort of intentions on them to actually get the fight down. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I would agree with your assessment. I think I think we're looking at the kicks being kind of a difference maker here. And uh, I didn't I didn't love this round.
1: Yeah, it well, was it was not a uh, very action packed.
0: Yeah, and as someone who at, at the time, especially because I wasn't covering the sport yet, I was a very big Machita fan. Uh, so that was disappointing. To, to see if uh, a round like this, but you know, I, I, I still think Machida won this round, just like you. So I gave a 10, nine. You also, it was 10, nine for you. As well, right. Yeah. You no, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're, we're talking about not much happening. So yeah, it's gotta be that way. And of course, all three judges had 10 nines, but this was the split round of the fight. This one, 10, uh, nine from 10, nine Jackson from Jeff Blatnick and Sal D'Amato and Machida got the 10, nine from, Nelson Hamilton.
1: So we're in the minority. That, does this count as a couchside override?
0: This would be a couchside override, <laughs> but I don't think we're actually Do we? I mean, should I should I do it? Yeah, do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, we can do it. Why not? But uh, you know what? Is, is it that bad that uh, Blatnick and D'Amato went this way? I don't think so. It, this was a close enough round that I don't have a big problem with it.
1: I'm not going to throw any tantrums over it.
0: Nah, 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 So that's another reason why I'm kind of glad we didn't just do a split, uh, splitting headaches on this one because we would have talked about this like kind of four minutes, you know, nothing burger of a round <laughs> that we mostly were kind of wishy washy on. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's the best use of our time, right? Uh, round two, a little, uh, maybe just a little bit more clear. I don't know. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I thought this was, this was a uh, much clearer. For anyone, I mean, I thought round one was kind of clear, but round two, for sure, this is a Rampage round. Yeah. He landed good punches. He hit that one huge uppercut. And every time Machida seemed like he wanted to come in for a clinch, he came in arms wide and ate whatever Rampage was throwing at him to get in. And he really didn't do all that much from there. So I went 10-9 Rampage. Yeah, that works for me.
0: I, I don't have much more to add. I, I also, this this was just not a very thrilling round either. So I don't really have much more I can add on top of that.
1: Yeah, the end of the round is, got a little weird. Where Rampage falls to the floor, so you're like, oh, did he get hit by anything? But he just got kind of tripped.
0: Yeah, yeah, and again. they had that kind of like, uh, oh, was everybody okay? And then, yeah. then no one hit everything, and it was like,
1: oh, they're they're, they're good sportsmen here. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it, I'm, was, it was adorable. So I'm nineteen, nineteen.
0: Yeah, that's where I'm at too. Same as uh, same as Nelson Hamilton. Uh, everybody was on the Jackson page here. Everybody knew that, and so uh, Jeff Blatnick and saldamato they have it 20 to 18 for jackson which I mean, when we're talking about a three-round fight that means machida needs a finish or he needs a really really big round which i don't know if that was going to get consistent 10 eights back then so we shall see what round three holds because i think this was a round where our scoring system actually comes into play a little bit doesn't it
1: definitely uh, machida hurts uh rampage a little bit early Backs him against the fence. They have this big flurry. Rampage answers with his own flurry. But
0: but he goes right down. In
1: the midst of it, Machida just lands a really solid trip. I thought this was a good impact uh, takedown. And he always had
0: good trips.
1: And once on the ground, I mean, Rampage is throwing those little elbows to the thigh. I don't think they were doing anything. Mm-hmm. And
0: they scored little.
1: Machida really showed his dominance in the ground by passing the side control. Passing him out. He didn't really do much striking from there, but he was attacking subs. The-
0: he, he was he was attempting to better his position. He was attempting to get to positions where he could get to the submissions, and and he was very patient. You know, it was mm-hmm. there was not an urgency to get there, but you could tell he wasn't just sitting around. Yeah, Dan Urban style. It was it was say. nice to see. So, and then of course he, he goes for the armbar. Yeah, kind of sells out for the armbar at the end. Um, and then he gets in the position where. You, you start to see Joe Joe Rogan's just waiting for slams oh, like the only thing whenever <laughs> Joe whenever Joe Rogan is on a rampage fight he's just like is it going to be a
1: slam is it going to be a slam oh he couldn't wait
0: for it he couldn't wait for it and then of course rampage picks him up from the uh the armbar on bottom position and Machida's like nope I'm going to put my legs down and just yeah. stay right up
1: and there was only like 30 seconds after that so this whole round hap- occurred on the on the ground right there
0: a good, good chunk of it, yeah. So, so you know, for this, I mean, you're talking about a round, uh, a round in which Machida hurt him, standing briefly. He had him though. It was, it was mm-hmm. a good advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he takes him down, and he's got some, some uh, grappling dominance in there. So I think this, to me, is a pretty solid. Couchside judges scored ten eight.
1: Yep, I'm with for you. Machida. Absolutely, I went ten eight. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't go there. Wouldn't go there in ABC. Be clear, no, no, yeah, I so. think this is
0: a very solidly in the middle of it, and I would not have felt comfortable giving it a 10 8 here. I think you'd probably get some commission officials being like, Well, what are you doing here? Why are you giving out 10 8s <laughs> like candy? Get out of here, yeah,
1: leave, you're done, don't even grab a brown, yeah,
0: hit the road.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, so we both got Machita winning 29 27,
0: 29 27, and and look, I, I think that's representative of the fight. But also, even if in that close round one, you said, OK, Jackson won it and Jackson's up two rounds to none coming into this one and it's a draw, I don't have a problem with that being a draw either.
1: Yeah, be cool. I, I cool think it's draw.
0: I think it's much easier to watch 15 minutes of this fight and say, OK, forget scoring. Forget all that. Just look at it. Who won? Exactly. I think Machida won and and, and I think this is a case where having the 10-9 system that we have, especially under the way things were scored back then, but I don't know if it would have made a difference. Man, this should be the reason why we have a different scoring format or a more flexible scoring format, you know?
1: One where the winner, the guy who does the most damage or, or is clearly the one who has the best offense of the fight should win. Yeah. Not just win yeah, that it's, round.
0: It's like an indictment of MMA scoring in the 10, nine system to have rampage Jackson come out of this as the declared winner. Cause I mean, you saw him when he gets his arm raised, he's like, Oh, huh? I-, I won like eyes bulging out and everything. Right. And, you know, he could be playing to the camera a little bit. He's, he's a bit of a, I don't want to call him a clown, but he likes, he likes to, you know, be loose and joke and everything like that. And he's very reactive. But, uh, I
1: think there was a little bit of genuine surprise. I think he felt like he lost that fight. I, I think he a hundred percent thinks he lost that fight. It, that's what I was saying earlier. That I I remember the post fight interview more than I remembered the fight. First thing he says is, "Man, Machito whooped my butt." Yeah, I can't believe I won that fight. And I don't think it's the judges' fault. Well, no, it's just a system that they have to use. And I think so. Round yeah. by round, you can make that you make that case twenty nine, twenty eight rampage all day.
0: So yep, yeah, it's it's there's there's nothing wrong with it in and of itself. But I think if and and Nelson Hamilton, if you recall he was a proponent of the half point scoring system. Uh, my understanding, it wasn't, it wasn't his innovation necessarily, but it was something he was pushing. Okay. And at the time, roughly around this time, even. So I'd have to think someone like, like, uh, Hamilton, he's, you know, he's going to the back and he's being like, this is why we need to have this. Ah, I want my half points. Right. I I don't know what, what Nelson Hamilton sounds like. I'm (laughs) sure he doesn't sound
1: like that. I think it just doesn't happen often enough. like, I think the ten point must system works a high a high percentage of the time. It's just that those low that that like these type fights that we just talked about are the ones that make you question it. But does it happen often enough for them to actually change it? I don't. I don't know.
0: Well, that's that is essentially my understanding of what they found out when they did kind of pilot it in California was that they weren't seeing enough of a difference made, but. I don't know if this was factored in or not. Obviously, it was tested on, I, I don't know if it was amateur fights or if it was just on, like, not UFC fights. I, I don't know a, a ton of those details. I One of these days, I'm going to dig deep into that and try to find out some more about the uh, the ill-fated pilot of half-point scoring in California. But
1: So I think you have to do it on, on the highest level to get the most accurate results.
0: I think the real is, yeah, uh, to to add to that, you need to get the most important fights right because they're – I mean, these are major career-altering fights. Right. I mean, is it enough to say, oh, it could have gone either way. It's whatever. It's like, you know, what if we just had a way that we could determine who was the best in the world because – not because of a, a system that, you know, is is so binary that 90% of the time it's just – who won the round, and then the other ten percent of the time, one person or at least one person is saying, "Well, it could be a degree of winning the round." But most of the time, it's like, "No, they're still on their own." It's really more like ninety-five percent of the time, everyone's just picking A or B. Who won? And I don't think it's—I don't think that's a good system. I, I, this is where this is a fight where I think our system truly succeeds.
1: It does. I think. I think you're hundred percent on that. We're biased, obviously. It, we, we are so biased on this, but I. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, shoot, watch this fight. Tell me that round three is not completely different degrees of winning a round than rounds one and two, but then also come back and tell me you could, in good honesty, give that a 10-8 in ABC scoring the way ABC scoring is worded. You can't do that. You need a middle.
1: Right. And another, even if you want to tell me and Scott we're completely wrong about round one and Rampage 100% won it by the slimmest sure. of margins... But now now we have a draw because round three and I'm
0: fine with that. You
1: you can't argue that round three, like you said, is anywhere close to rounds one and two in terms of determining a winner.
0: I don't think anybody would look at that fight and say, like, again, pride rules. If this was in pride, you put this in pride, you put this in one championship.
1: It was on tonight.
0: You stick it in there over three rounds. Tell me who won. It most definitely would be Machida it just would be and it's not because what he did later happened later it's because what he did later was really the only significant stuff of that
1: fight yeah pretty much and uh, that's it really yeah
0: <laughs> it, it really it almost comes down to it being a one round fight when you really get down to what actually happened you know in terms of damage dealt one way or the other
1: 100%
0: so yeah i don't know where we're going to get what we want out of this but i i would love it if commissions were more amenable to stretching out you know, what What we keep saying is like, stretch out what a 10-7 can be and what a 10-8 can be. Allow allow for more flexibility in, in the way these fights can be judged. Mm-hmm. I don't know if all judges are going to like that or not. I mean, maybe they won't. Maybe maybe some judges don't want it. and They really want it to be as simple as that. And that's okay. I, you know, they know better than I do because they have sat in the chair. I have not. Yeah. But as someone who has not sat in the chair, I'm still going to have an opinion. And I think this is what would be better for the sport and for the athletes.
1: Remember, we're only we're only like 30 years into the sport, so who knows what's going to happen. We're not even. <laughs> not even 30? Yeah, 93. No, it's not. In 28 90, years. No,
0: November 93 was UFC 1.
1: Okay. It's like 28 years.
0: I mean, you know, if you want to, obviously there's like Pauly and all these other things. Yeah. And, you, if you want to go all the way back to like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in, in Brazil and and Elio Gracie and all that, fine. But, you know, as far as what we know of, you say if you want to trace it to UFC 1, yeah, not even 30 years. So... Moving on. Moving on. The best segue that could possibly be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's let's jump into it. 256, uh, Bellator 256. Machida, of course, as I noted before, he is headlining this one in a rematch against Ryan Bader. Do you remember that first Ryan Bader fight?
1: I cannot forget it. Ryan Bader ran face first into a Machida right, and that's all she wrote.
0: Yeah, that was... Ryan Bader didn't always have the greatest fight IQ.
1: He was, I think he was just frustrated. Like, he's like, how do I even get it? I'm just going to run right into him.
0: But that's no. low fight IQ. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what low <laughs> fight <laughs> IQ is. It's like, I don't know what to do. Let's just run into it. <laughs> that reminds yeah. me of uh, Dan. I, I don't know. Do you ever watch uh Batman the animated series?
1: When I was a kid. Or did kid, you ever watch I it had... growing up? I mean, yeah, as a kid.
0: So there's, I, I still watch it. I think it's a fantastic show. You can watch it as an adult, by the way. Um, and not just because you're a kid, but it's actually like uh, storytelling that's made for people who are adults as well. It's just marketed for children. Anyway, there is an episode where all the villains are sitting around the table and they're playing poker and they're telling stories about how they almost got Batman. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they go over to, you know, all of them are like, you know, involved and they have like, you know, their own sequences where you see what happened. And then you go over to Killer Croc and Killer Croc's like, I had him cornered. I was going to get him. and then. I threw a rock at him. (laughs) And everyone looks at him like, yeah, he's like, it was a big rock. But there's a twist there and I'm not going to spoil it anyway. uh, So that's what it reminds me of. It's just like, uh, I got nothing else. I'm going to throw a rock. Uh, But the rock didn't work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> but I what do you think? Break. I mean, obviously, time has passed. Machida's much older. Uh, Bader's much older, more experienced, and you know he's achieved so much uh, heights in Bellator. But also, he's coming off of a pretty bad, nasty loss to Vadim Nemkov.
1: Yes, I th- I, I think Bader is a much better fighter going into this fight uh, than he was last time. Okay. I just recently I watched the Nemkov uh, fight with him uh, the other day. I didn't think you was... watched
0: that the first time.
1: I watched it the first time, but I watched it again just to get a refresher. Just to remember how bad of a beating he was he took before the fight was actually called. It was not good, Um, was it? But leading up to that, I didn't think he looked bad. I thought he was competitive uh, in there, holding his own. And I watched a bunch of Nemkov fights uh, leading up to watching this one again, and that guy was a killer. And I I thought Bader was was holding his own better than most outside of Yuri Pochaska. But yes, I think think you couple that with Machida kind of on the downslope, I think.
0: Well, sure. Getting, I mean, the guy's he's so 42 older. years old. So, what, do you, what do you want from him?
1: I think this time Bader's going to win it. Okay.
0: I may. this could just be my hard talking here because I, I am. Uh, Machida was one of the big guys who got me mm-hmm. very invested in this sport early on. Uh, it'll be much easier for me to do my job when all the guys who were fighting when I got into it are done and he's <laughs> one of the last guys for mating and he was obviously one of the principals too so it's it'll make it a lot easier but uh look i wouldn't be surprised if either man comes out of this one i i will i will officially pick machida and i'll officially pick it by tko oh but i what's my confidence level very low
1: okay um <laughs> i think better
0: decision okay
1: but why don't we why don't we do it real quick we'll do something fun march madness that just ended why don't we fill out a bracket for this Grand Prix? Sure, April Madness. Let's go. Yeah, let's get a little crazy.
0: <laughs> what do you? All right, so we got this one. I got the big, next fight we have up is uh, is Corey Anderson. This would be the whoever wins Bader Machida would face the winner of this one. Corey Anderson against uh, I'm going to butcher it, but Davletjan Yagashimuradov. Yes, great job. And that's next week. What do you think of that one? Who do you think's coming out?
1: I'm picking Corey Anderson over Yagashimuradov. Yagshimurodov. Yagshimurodov. Yes, I'm pick. I'm gonna pick Anderson over him. Okay. I no. no reason. I, I got Murdov All right. Then we move over to the other side of the bracket.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll we'll just kind of rapid fire this. We, we don't yeah. have to go deep. We don't into have to go it. quick. Nem- yeah. Then the uh, the other fight. And this will be the main event next week. Is uh, Vadim Nevkov. Oh, did Vadim you pick Nevkov the- coming in as the champion uh, against Phil Davis? And this is a rematch.
1: Okay. What do you think, Nemkov.
0: I got Nevkov too.
1: I tried finding the other fight. I couldn't find it, so I never saw it. Okay. And then we got Yoel Romero versus Anthony Rumble Johnson.
0: Yeah, that one, I mean, that's got to be the most interesting of these four fights for anybody. Like, I'm sorry, apologies to Nemkov, but who doesn't want to watch Anthony Rumble Johnson against Yoel Romero yeah, yeah, exactly. uh, on May 7th?
1: Yeah, I'm taking Romero.
0: I also am taking Romero. I think with there's too many question marks. I'm not going to go deep deep into it, but there's too many question marks about what Anthony Rumble Johnson is now several years after fighting and, and him not being interested in fighting for a little right. while, so yeah i'm good with that so then we move on to the semifinals and for me i have machida against yaksha i'm going yaksha murdov okay i got anderson versus bader i'm taking anderson i love how we had the complete opposite yes result there <laughs> uh okay but we ended up with still whoever whoever came out of the uh anderson yaksha fight that's who that's who's going to the finals on that side
1: yeah for both of us Mm-hmm. And but then, on
0: this one, we are in total agreement. It's it's Nemkov against Romero, right?
1: Yes. I am going with Nemkov.
0: I also will go with Nemkov. I I think it'll be fun, but you just never know what you get with Romero. You just don't. I, you know, I don't ne- know why I can't say Romero.
1: And Nemkov's not a stubborn fighter. He'll take whatever you give him. So I find think he'll find something successful that he likes and win that fight.
0: So so then the finals, uh, we've got we've both got Nemkov, but I have it against uh I have him against Yakshimurdoff. And you have a against Corey Anderson.
1: Who's winning? Nemkov. Nemkov. Yeah, I'm going Nemkov. Retains his belt. I think this tournament bucks.
0: will will determine that Vadim Nemkov is a real force at 205. And, and beyond that, a, a true rival to whomever is the light heavyweight champion of the UFC. To the point where we might be able to have very serious debates about who has the best 205 pounder on the planet
1: be very interesting and then we can get that ali echo and we can do some cross promotion
0: good luck <laughs> it would be interesting I, i'd like to see something like that who knows how who knows how it'll manifest but
1: yeah, we'll see and judging wise who can we expect probably the same you know the same folks that we had last
0: week you know oh well, actually i shouldn't say that because it's on a thursday excuse me it's on a friday and it's a friday before the fights in vegas for ufc and actually, the judges for this one have to fly in. My understanding is they have to fly in on Thursday. They will have already flown in by the time you're hearing this. Uh, so because it's an afternoon show and with quarantines and all that kind of thing. So kind of obnoxious for the judges, right?
1: Yeah, that'd be. Yeah, like you're saying, yeah, UFC's an afternoon show. So there's no way they would be able to get do both. So.
0: Exactly, exactly. So probably if I was to take a guess, it's probably going to be. Uh, Brian Miner, who, who now is licensed in Nevada as well, but uh, my I believe he lives in Connecticut, which uh, is obviously much easier to go to the uh, the the events at Mohegan Sun. So I, I would bet we see him. I would bet we see Doug Crosby because yeah. he's always working these Bellator fights, and then he doesn't go to Vegas. Uh, maybe David Peabody, uh, Michael Murtha. You know, I, I would expect names like that.
1: What do you think? Eric probably Cologne not to
0: see Mike Bell and and Sal D'Amato. That would be or or Eric uh, Eric Cologne either. Well, That's East my Coast guess, guy, but I don't know.
1: He is an East Coast guy.
0: He is an East Coast guy, but he's been working a lot of these UFC events. I don't know. We'll see. That's That'd be true. interesting. He he's he's the one that probably could go either way. I don't know. All right. We'll see. We'll see where yeah. uh, Mr. Colon ends up, or maybe he'll just go to sleep and, and stay home. I don't know.
1: <laughs> now what? I'm taking a weekend off. That's it. Yeah. Why
0: not? <laughs> he all deserve a weekend. But yeah, I mean we we also got UFC, of course, and and the headliner here, we got Kevin Holland stepping in uh for the injured Darren Till against Marvin Vittori, and, and Vittori doesn't think that uh Darren Till is actually hurt. But whatever. <laughs> and it's broken collarbone. Vittori, bones. he told me that. I, I spoke to Vittori on Tuesday and and that was one of the things he said. He's like, Yeah, I don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah. His collarbone's not broken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But this this fight, it's interesting. I mean, Kevin Holland was such a high high prospect coming into this year, and then a couple of weeks ago against Derek Brunson was just a bad loss. I thought it was a bad matchup, though. You, you recall I picked Brunson yeah,
0: you to did. win that fight. You did. Um, so it, it didn't come as a great surprise to me. Everyone's like, "Oh, it's the talking that cost him." It's not what that's not what cost him the fight. It was no, it's, it's ground. Derek game. Brunson is yeah. a problem.
1: His wrestling. Yeah.
0: At, 185 pounds. So. It's not just the wrestling. It's the fact that Derek Brunson, he really doesn't lose to anyone but the best of the best. And Kevin Holland ain't the best of the best yet.
1: Yeah, I think yeah.
0: Maybe he will be. He's not there yet. Uh, but I do think there is much more potential for him to be able to break through against Marvin Vittori this week. Do I actually think he's going to beat Vittori? I'm going to say no. I think Vittori will take this. I think he's going to take a a, a clear an exciting decision. I think it's going to be a fun fight as opposed to the last fight with Kevin Holland. It just wasn't all that fun. I think this will be an interesting fight. I think we'll get our money's worth, uh, which is for free because it's on ABC. You don't even have to pay for ESPN+.
1: Yeah, they're hoping to get uh, some good eyes on, on this card.
0: Yeah, and, so. which is funny because there's just not a lot of star power here at all. So everyone who's on here, if you're watching, I mean that this is this is going to be your first introduction to a lot of these people, I think what oh. do you think though Who, who's your pick for this fight I'm going
1: with vittori i uh, I think he's gonna stop him
0: oh you do okay he's yeah. he he's uh, got a lot of stoppages on his record but v- much fewer at the u f c level
1: i just I, I think he's just so angry <laughs>
0: <It's> like... <laughs> he's an intense guy i I asked him that too I'm like you seem like an intense guy more or less agreed <laughs> <laughs> like
1: and, and I think Kevin holland all that trash talk is just gonna fuel it in a positive way and i I kind of see yeah I see Vittori stopping him. I don't know.
0: I don't know. We'll see. He he knows. Vittoria was telling me too. He he knows the talk's going to be there. He doesn't seem to think it's going to get under his skin or anything like that. But I don't know. We'll see. He said, like sometimes I might respond, sometimes I
1: might not. <laughs> Fair enough. Any yeah. other fights that you? He's
0: not for? like closed off to it. Like like Brunson wouldn't engage it. Vittorio, I I'm, I think we'll probably hear something. <laughs> yeah, I, I I would agree for sure. Yeah.
1: Any other fights you're looking forward to?
0: Uh fights I'm looking forward to, yeah, I want to see uh the battle of the baddest moms on the planet, Nina Nunez, the former Nina Ansaroff, who is the spouse of the two division champion Amanda Nunez, is coming back after becoming a mommy against Mackenzie Dern, who is also a mother
1: interesting matchup i i mean it's
0: it's an interesting matchup uh you know, even outside of the the promotional aspect of that uh because, I mean, we, we it's essentially kind of a striker versus grappler kind of deal here.
1: Yeah, I, I'm i just, I'm i am saying that interesting as far as is Nunez after becoming Nunez. a mother. Nunez, I'm sorry, is Nunez, how is she going to come back after a pregnancy? I don't know. Have, being, well, Mackenzie being Dern, Dern so came long. back from a pregnancy and right, won right, all her fights, so where, I don't see a problem with where it. I'm, where I'm going with this is Mackenzie Dern has been in the ring more recent. Is there any growing pains or any ring rust from Nunez? I don't know. So I'm gonna pick I mean, turn.
0: I'm sure every person is different. Every pregnancy is different. Uh, uh, for for all of the uh, parents out there, such as myself, I, I we learned that from our spouses. The men see that in their their amazing wives and and partners and and mothers of their children. But I mean, she's back in the cage. Like I feel like she's probably not just going to rush back in. I think she she must feel good enough. I, I have to trust it. So I'm just going to call it. A draw, or as, not a draw, as far as who's gonna <laughs> going to win. Scott's calling to draw, but I mean, uh, we'll call it. it even there, as far <laughs> as that concern. I'm not, I'm not looking at it as some sort of like, is she going to be able to bounce back at that? or not? I'm sure she will. I'm sure right. she will.
1: You're confident. Guy. So
0: I'm going to look at it as who's going to win this fight? Who is the better fighter at this point? And I do think it's Mackenzie Dern. I think she has grown as a fighter. I think she's matured as a fighter. Uh, she's got the trump card on the ground, which. You know, Nunes has a great overall game, but she is still more of a striker. And I think Mackenzie Dern has striking enough to get by, but also is really good on the ground. So I, I'm going to pick Dern by submission. Round two. Knee bar. That's what I'm going. Knee bar. Okay. What what round?
1: Round one. Okay. Ended early. This would have been, I would have picked that fight if I, if the fight I was going to pick wasn't on the card.
0: Okay. Okay. And and of course that is, uh, your, your Homer pick here
1: for sure. Jim Miller versus Joe Selecki. A battle of two East Coast regional guys at one point, different times, but they were they're both big names on the East Very Coast. Very different times. Uh, I was at Jim Joe... Miller hasn't been regional for 14 years. Right, exactly. Jim Miller's fantastic. I can't say enough good things. But Joe Selecki, I was at his second pro fight in Philly. Oh yeah, no kidding. He won by rear naked choke. Right. Also on that car was Chris Dawkins in one of the, I don't want to say funniest because I don't I don't want to belittle or, or make fun of him, but. A heavyweight battle of guys they were just rolling around on top of each other back and forth it was like the, the crazy typical regional heavyweight bout you see and uh he's gotten better he's gotten so much better from that fight uh this was yeah this like this was only his fourth fight i think at the time so yeah way better um takes time but yeah i'm super excited for this I'm i'm going with jim miller i think he has a slight edge in all areas except cardio
0: Okay, but Yeah. Yeah. Cardio is always the knock with him. And, and, you know, I think it's not just because of the Lyme disease. I think he's just one of those guys that, uh, he pushes it as best he can. He doesn't like to leave anything in the cage. Uh, he said and, that. Yeah, I know. So I, I would have to think, yeah, it's, it's always going to be tougher, uh, for him, but yeah, I, I'll pick Jim Miller here too. It's hard to pick against him because he does have a habit of kind of knocking away these, these rising guys. Uh, that they, unfortunately, do keep putting him up against.
1: He said he doesn't understand fighters that, after a fight, they get up and, and start doing push-ups or running laps around the cage. So he didn't understand that, how you don't empty everything and just be completely oh. dead at the end. Yeah, so. some people don't have a bottom. That's <laughs> true. Khabib didn't have a bottom.
0: You know who else doesn't have a bottom? Clay Guida. No matter what, he he's going to be he, bouncing around. He
1: can just keep going forever. It's crazy.
0: He Honestly, he could probably be a corpse and still bounce around. <laughs>
1: Clay Guida. It's is gonna fighting. be hard to
0: keep in the coffin because it's like, why is it jumping?
1: Let's give Clay Guida like a twelve round fight. Just see uh, what. Not happens.
0: against Gray Maynard though. Why not Gray? Did you ever watch the original Gray Maynard versus Clay Guida fight? I probably. What happened? It happened at Revel. Wow. Many years ago.
1: The failed Atlantic and City Casino.
0: Was terrible. You sh- you should watch that fight. Just just as to uh, punish myself. Just, just so you can experience it. Oh, thanks. I was there for that one.
1: <laughs> I think that was the fight that. That Jim Miller fought Cowboy too, right?
0: Jim Miller was not on that card. Dan uh, Miller did, was on that card, though. They did
1: more than one event at Revel. That's crazy.
0: I think they might have done two. Wow. I I, I was at the first one at Revel. Actually, that was that was the one with. Okay. Pageda. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace, Revel. <laughs> All right, that's a wrap on this one. I uh, I hope everybody enjoyed all the myriad topics we've talked about in this one we went to one we talked to bellator we talked UFC we got a lot in there
1: yeah I think it might be uh a lot like that we got a lot of stuff coming up fight wise getting
0: very busy wait till PFL joins the mix
1: yeah (laughs) well thanks for listening
0: take care everybody have a good weekend